Hello and welcome to episode 72 of Miss Podcast and uh, this this episode is brought to you by Yorkshire Tea. Yorkshire I was going to say your bowl was, so <laughs> I was like, anything is better than that, so yeah. Welcome to Myths. I'm Matt Huff. And I'm Dan Rhodes. Whether you know about Theseus or you're revising your syllabus. If you want tales with a bit of jest or you just want to hear about incest. What? What? It's really interesting. Welcome to Myths. Welcome to Miss. Welcome to episode 72. It's great to be here. Uh, Dad and I have just been rocking out. We have just been rocking out. Matt, tell the viewers Listeners. what happened. Listeners. Uh, your word against mine. Uh, it's, mate, this is our second, uh, 72nd episode. How? Uh, firstly, I got a number wrong just then uh, whilst I was scolding you for uh, doing the podcast lesson. We, we're just true to our spirits all the time. True to our spirits, yeah. Yep. But no, we were just rocking out. Yeah. I attempted the drums for probably the second time in my whole life. Spoiler alert, not good. No, you did pretty well. Drumming's hard. Man. Yeah, it is hard. I learned that just now. I thought drumming was easy. I was like, drumming can't be that hard. Turns out. No, you, you're, like, you're obviously being silly here, but like uh, for comedic effect, which is the nature of the podcast. This is not for over explaining it, but uh, you what? But yeah, you, yeah, I think you you got the you, basics. You got the basics, and you were really good at it, like for your second time ever as well. So, what, do you think drumming was easier as well, or do you, do you know it's quite hard? Or have you always appreciated drummers? Yeah, I have always appreciated drums. I think because the first time I ever tried it, I really just to, even just do like a boom, tsh, boom, boom. Tsh. That's a, a, a bass and a snare, bass, bass, snare. Yeah, I uh, even that struggled. And I realised in this moment today, it's because I can't do the cross hands. Yeah. I'm an open-handed drummer, it seems. So let's visualise this for the listener. So what Dan's talking about is that usually in a drum kit, uh, from left to right, you've got like a, your hi-hat, below that the, the bit snare. that goes up and down. Yeah, like a... That's pretty good, isn't it? That's a good impression. So that's the hi-hat, the snare is the... Uh, they the kind of like the the main part the the beat if you know what I mean. Cuh, 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 cuh. Uh, below that on the floor you got the bass drum which is which creates the rhythm. Uh, and top of that you got um, cymbals which are where you usually hit. And also got toms as well. So and there's a lot of them. Uh, was that quite good? That was good. That's good from my left to right. Good. And uh, what Dan was doing was using the hi hats on uh, with the left hand with the snare on the right hand. But usually you use the, your right hand for the hi hat. And the left hand for the so you have that crossover. Yeah, yeah, like your hands are crossed over as you do it. I can't do that. Well, some drummers do it the other way around. Like, uh, and uh, it's just and, a preference, right? Yeah. yeah, and also sometimes uh, uh, the symbols. If you hit like the because think of the the symbol as like a really long hat. If you know what I mean. Like usually you hit that outside the hat for the ringing. But if you hit that the top of the head, like uh, it goes a ding, a ding, a ding. And if you do that, and you do that with the uh, the snare as well, so it goes ding, 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 ding. ding, ding like that uh, I think that's the, the nerdiest I've ever sounded like <laughs> <laughs> ding 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 uh, but no, we had a little jamming session didn't we yeah I got my guitar back out yeah we reprised Black Tie we did uh, our number one single so shame we didn't do Black Tie with the drums oh we can do it now <laughs> but yeah we'll, we'll do that later yeah um, that actually would be quite funny uh, yeah and we, uh, we created a new song um, I started uh, creating some lyrics some hot lyrics what do you think of the lyrics Dan? really good what was the main lyric? Uh, mostly I thought it was just you going oh something lyrics are here oh something something there will be lyrics in this bit it was mostly she left me she left me why did she leave me yeah but you know like I'm not a one trick pony but no you're a good drum teacher Matt Oh, did it, wasn't yeah, it? when you were, like, explaining how to fill in stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I just think about teaching, like, music and stuff like that. Like, um, uh, well, if, if if Edinburgh doesn't pay off, uh, I might become a teacher. That's, that's School cool. of Rock. Oh, I love that film. Um, someone asked a question the other day. I said, oh, is, that, is School of Rock underrated or overrated? I was like, definitely underrated. It's the best film ever. School of Rock with Jack Black. Yes, please. What's your views on this? Um... I don't think it's underrated. I think everyone... I, everyone I thought, rated... I per- thought, everyone thought it was good. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. It's not overrated, though, is it? No, it's not overrated. It's rated the perfect amount. Yeah, people just think it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Actually, maybe it's the only thing in the world that is rated perfectly. Because <laughs> it's not mind-blowing, but it's pretty good. Uh, what else has happened with me? 
Um, there's some other things I want to pick you about, but I don't have time to do it today. Uh, some, I've got some boring stories, but why don't you ask me something? Oh, I've got something for you, Dan. We talk about music quite a lot on this podcast, as we vis-a-vis drumming, but like, um, like, uh, what is your top three musical albums you've ever listened to? Take us through a little bit of Dan Rose, because you've got an eclectic taste, right? You've got, I do, yeah. And I'm not sure if this is interesting, but I, I like it, so... Uh, uh, so I do listen to a lot of stuff, actually. I'm even getting into heavy metal recently. Yeah, I've just shown down some Trivium, which is an American metal band. Heavy metal, but without the... Oh! A little bit, but only... But not that but much. But not gratuitous, is it? Yeah. It's like, it's used perfectly and succinctly. Oh, Trivium are good. Um, Can you do an impression of their songs? It was like this, I am singing. Done a little bit of this, but mostly singing. Uh, can you do that guitars and the drums as well? Like, you can cut me off at any point. To be honest, I was going to cut you off, but then I was really enjoying it. Oh, I spilled tea everywhere. <laughs> That's one of the songs. <laughs> I, I spilled tea on the... It's good, isn't it? It's good, yeah. That's a follow-up to Black Tie. Uh, what was your question earlier? Okay. What's your three favourite top albums? <laughs> three favourite albums. Do you... Muse, Resistance. Oh, Nick, come on. Something cool. It's good, it's good bet. Um, Muse aren't in your top three, genuinely, uh, right? It's a good album. Oh my god. Who um, are you? Swivel Eye Madness, that's what this um, is. Wait. What about. Because I have put you on the spot here, admittedly, but I think that. Now 75? Banger. Oh, fuck right off. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's on now 75? No, I don't know what's on now 75. Because that genuinely annoys me though. <laughs> Um, oh, um, uh, I really quite like Royal Black's, um, Royal Blood? Royal Blood's out. What's the fuck, what's that? What's that? I, don't, I don't know album names though. Yeah, I don't know album it, names. It's like Into the Black or something like that. Oh. Yeah. That's a really good that, album. That was the debut album. But yeah, the debut album. That's really that's, good. That's, it is a good album. Yeah. It's a good album. Um, Queen, obviously. All the Queen which Which Queen albums are? Which one do you pick? They're also good. She Hard Stack's very good. Oh. What's the one with uh, She Must Go On? Uh, that, is, uh, that is the penultimate album, which is Innuendo. Oh, Innuendo, that's it. Yeah. That's a good one. I, well, I'm not sure if it is, because I think towards the end of Freddie's life, obviously he's getting very weak here, and they're very much trying to push out records as much as possible. And there's... Oh, he's got, he's got bit, a great song on it. Well, yeah, sorry, Show Good Must Go On is a great song. Song and there's some great songs on it like Headlong, uh, but I. Is it kind of magic? It's a good album. Uh, yes, it's a good album. Uh, Queen Two, uh, uh, Night at the Opera, uh, Day at the Races. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, oh, also, you know, I'm gonna say all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, other ones I like. Uh, we can never remember the name of her album. Susan Sundfall. She's got really. Oh good yeah, album. you mentioned that. Before. Yeah, Accelerate. I think it's called. She doesn't have a, a name which I wanted to look up on Spotify. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, she's. I don't want to search for that. If you know what I mean? You know, she's very good. Um, have you ever written a blog, a 3,500 word blog about a band that you love? No. Would you ever? No. Why not? Because why would I waste my time writing a 3,000 word blog? Uh, cause you did on Queen, didn't you? <laughs> yes, <exactly>. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the best thing about that, now it's... It, I have a bit in my show where I talk very earnestly about Queen, but very... A lot about Queen now yeah. in quick succession, and people think it's a joke. It's not a joke, uh, but I've kept it in because they kept on laughing at me. <laughs> I could probably even I could probably even give a good shot of what your three favorite albums are. Okay, what my because I think you without realizing you talk about these albums a lot. Okay, what's my what my top three albums? One of them is definitely the Metallica one. Oh, I'm not sure actually. One of them is definitely the Modest Mouse one. Which one now? The one with the... Um, you think it's going to be the one with the, uh, the... No, it's not. I think it's the one with the, uh, like the arrows. Yes, the you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like green and white. Do you, know, do you know what it's called? It's got World at Large on it. Yes, you're correct. Yeah. Bang on. Well done. Yeah, that's my number one favourite album. And uh, do you know what it's called? 
Well, well, well. No, oh, 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 I do know this. I do know this. Um, no, no, uh, good news for people that hate news. Oh, good, good news. news for people that like bad news. Yes. Dan, sh- handshake right there. Well done. You've earned my friendship. Uh, you know that means I've been paying attention yeah, to what you're talking about. You, it. you honestly do listen to me, and I think that's one of the nicest things that you do as a friend. That you actually you good do news for people that like bad news. I do remember that. And I think I mentioned. My second favourite one, very close second, I mentioned it. In it's probably Joe Rosenstock. Jeff Rosenstock. Jeff Rosenstock. And the, uh, it's going to get a tattooed on my arm. The Isn't word. It called Wow. Whoa. It's an emotion I feel regularly. Why? <laughs> Why is it an emotion? <laughs> Dad, how are you feeling today? What? Why? Like, you... Why? Like on your hands and knees in the rain. I understand. Uh, worry. Worry. Yeah. Honestly. And right. it's got that song that's like. Hell, hell is bad. <laughs> Firstly, that sounds like a Caribbean song. You know song I mean, right? Secondly, that's also a song from uh, Amazing Bible Timelines. <laughs> <laughs> hell is bad. What's that song that you really like? You uh, showed well, me the other day. That all the songs really good, but um, well, off, was it off worry? Uh, probably beg to explode, or maybe uh, a festival song. No, then uh, shouting. Hellhole? Hellhole! Yeah, That's it. yeah, yeah. We don't wanna live inside a hellhole. Honestly, like. <laughs> that one. Don't ruin it for me. <laughs> Rory is, one yeah. my, is my favourite album. Uh, the third one, like, I, I think it's, it could go to a few. Ah, uh, you um, could be loads of them. Metallica could, could sneak in there for it you. It could maybe ride the lightning, but probably in top 10, but not top 3. I think probably Shit and Heart and probably maybe 3. Wow, Queen. Beatles maybe, maybe? <laughs> Yeah, well, the thing is with Beatles, I think they have... Their some, albums are weird. Yeah, because some of the albums have some trash... Uh, then again, Sgt. Pepper's got to be up there, I think. Uh, but then Abbey Road as well. So, but then again, th- there is some... Yeah, I think Abbey Road's pretty perfect, in all fairness, but... I don't know. It's, see, again, we uh, we failed the question of uh, don't let Matt talk about music, because uh, I get... I'm, I, I've almost... Destroyed the porcelain cup in my hands, by the way, because I'm just like I love music so much. <laughs> and I'm, I'm doing two radio shows at the moment, and even on a radio show, I talk about music too much. If you know what I mean. But anyway, um, uh, ask me one question about music, and I have to answer it in ten seconds. Uh, Make it as hard as possible. Oh uh, yeah, this is gonna be okay. Fun. Hold on, let me time it as well. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. I'll ask the question then you yep. start. Favourite guitarist of all time? Go. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. This is hard. Uh, uh, Five seconds left. Um, um, Oh, God. Uh, I probably have to say uh, Kirk Hammett from Metallica? I know. I know. You're not bothered with that, were you? No, I'm not. That is the... uh, (laughs) You know how to go over with that. I can't change my answer. No. It's a good... Kirk Hammett's not my favourite guitar. Oh, my God. Why did I do that to myself? <laughs> Let's do another one. Let's see if I can feel better about it. Okay. Um, Ready? Really? Favourite drummer of all time. Oh, fuck! <laughs> I'm just going to say all Metallica members. Okay. Um, got five seconds. Favourite drummer. Uh, oh, uh, no. Oh, no. Ah! <laughs> it's past my time. Damn roads. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it, myth. <laughs> What, what that stressed happened? you out, didn't it? It did stress me out. And thank God you came in with a punchline and a callback there, because I was just shouting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Dan, we are jumping back um, to our final flagship and uh, our, uh, uh, our final um, little segue into Greek and Roman myths. And we are doing the Aeneid. And we did part one last time. What part ein. Eins. Uh, what happened in part one? A man called Aeneas, he was in the Trojan War, survived him yep. and his men going home. Oh, I'm an angry god! Storm happened. Yep. People died. They get sh- survivors get shipwrecked on an island. Mm-hmm. They get found by Venus. Uh-huh. She's like, you should probably go to Carthage and help us win a war. And they're like, alright. So they, they go in invisible mist, so they can't be seen. And they go to Queen Dido of Carthage. She's a nice lady herself. Got a nice little backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, they meet her, they get chatting, and then boom, someone's just asked him at a dinner party, hey Aeneas, what's, what's happened to you the last seven years? 
And what we will be talking about today is what's happened in the last seven years. Yes, it was part one of the the previous bit, and uh, the next episode we'll also talk about the the latter half of that as well. But we're basically we we will be talking about the fall of Troy, which we've already done, but we're doing it in a lot of detail yes. because of the Iliad uh, episode thirty three onwards. Um, and pretty much all of Achilles was also the Trojan War. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is from the Trojans' point of view. It is. And That's it's, interesting. And there's lots of extra details that we didn't see before. Because we've only got it from the Greek and Romans before. Yes, and but what it does quite nicely, Virgil adds an extra layer to the story and adds like more depth to it as well, whilst also uh, implementing his Roman propaganda as well. Yeah. It's very fascinating. I um, wonder if the... So it would be like their version of how they felt about the horse as well. Yes, and uh, again, remember we had like people like Cassandra who saw into the future and stuff like that, but no, like, uh, and she was like, "Hey, Dad, you probably shouldn't bring this horse in." And yeah. they were like, "Shut up, Cassandra! It's a gift, all right?" You stupid bitch! What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Fast forward twenty four hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, this is essentially the the fall of Troy two point Aeneas uh, begins to tell his story of his wanderings. Uh, book two and three are told uh, from uh, Aeneas' point of view, uh, like his first person. Though it's late at night and he's anguished to recall such sad events, he'll do it for Dido. Because apparently uh, Dido is just... The Queen of Carthage. She's just been stuck uh, by Cupid. But... Oh, and she falls in, she's just fallen in love with him. Cupid's made sure that she falls in love with Aeneas. Yes, and uh, Aeneas uh, hasn't been struck by this, but he's still... And Venus has made him extra handsome. Mm, yes. And what kind of, if you were Venus, how would you make Aeneas more handsome? I don't know what you look like to begin with. What did you look like to begin with? My horse. <laughs> Can you make me more handsome? <laughs> yeah, because now he looks like me. <laughs> You're such a dick. Well, if if you turn from me to you, firstly, that's going to be a lot of editing right there. That's a, that's a lot of polish. They are very different looking. Yeah. I think, you know, good for TV, I think. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, um, I'm handsome, right? Yeah, no, you are. Oh, thanks. Nice thing he said to me. Uh, so you do it for Dido. He begins his story during the Trojan War, and uh, he describes how the Greek, who are losing the war, build an enormous wooden horse and hide soldiers inside. Stuff that you already know. The Greeks then sail away from Troy to wait and hide behind a nearby island called Argos, leaving uh, the horse behind Troy, where the spirits are high and the gates are open. Some men want to bring in the horse, while other men aren't so sure. We've discussed this before, isn't yeah, it? I can't yeah. yeah. So, and you'd know this if you'd seen the film Troy. Uh, Jesus, sweet lord! Like, I, I, the best thing about leaving Greek myths behind is that you stop mentioning fucking Troy in three hundred. Oh, you! Were, oh, as if you're not going to reference Thor at any point from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You wait for a few weeks time when we start Norse mythology every... Oh, that's like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe when Asgard is a... Uh... Oh, oh my god. Like, to be honest... You're aware of that, right? That's going to happen a lot. going to be very annoying. Ragnarok's going to come up at one point. You're going to explode. <laughs> you know, I... Dan, the sad thing is about this podcast is that you know me better than I know myself. <laughs> anyway, Laokuon. Uh, spell that for, out for me, Dan. Uh, like Raccoon, but L-A-O at the front. Pretty good. Like Rocket Raccoon from my Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. Um, he's a Trojan priest of Neptune, runs up breathlessly advising to... Uh, uh, <laughs> now it. I thought he had a line as well. <laughs> but then I didn't want to riff it because I usually... He does have it. a line. He does have a oh. line. Get ready. He's okay. He's okay. He's okay. <laughs> breathlessly advising the Trojan not to trust the horse, explaining it might be a Greek trick and saying... <laughs> I fear the Greeks, especially bearing gifts. Oh, sorry, I got Fleming back my throat. Sorry. Um, cough into my hand. Oh, God. Don't cough into your hand. Oh, <laughs> he was going to cough Fleming into his hand, and then what would he have done with it? Oh, sorry. Was that good acting? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't see him, because he was so breathless, that he got Fleming in the back yeah. of his throat. <laughs> I'm a professional actor. Um, so I'd be... Um, yeah, it's uh, Fear the Greeks Bearing Gifts. Obviously, famous line. Um, he, what Lao Kuan does to, uh, to uh, condemn the gift, he throws his spear into the horse. <laughs> like a strongbow, I'd uh, And the noise reveals that it's hollow. It goes... And it's on in the... It keeps... Ow! Wait, I don't feel pain. 
Uh, I think I think Achilles is dead by this point. At the end of the war, isn't it? I thought he's in the horse. Isn't he's he one of the people in the horse? No, no, because I think he dies before the horse. Okay. Timeline, yeah. He's not in the... Because that's, that's the very end of the war. The horse. I thought he was in the horse. No, 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 he doesn't, because he... Um, and then Paris... Through his ankle. Now, I think there's a battle before, because uh, if you remember, the, his end of his life, he tried to trade his life... Uh, he was bargaining with this lady, uh, and said, oh, I'll buy you for a wife. And they're like, obviously not. He goes, well, I guess I'll wage war on all of uh, Troy then. And Paris gets a lucky... He starts yeah, the battle, true, but, yeah. and then they do this at the end. I'm... I'm very talented. <laughs> Don't have a girlfriend though, but uh, he. Uh, so the noise on the inside revealed like it's hollow, which obviously it isn't. But like, uh, like uh, the gods like shapeshift as well. Uh, um, uh, shepherds bring a young Greek man, Sinon, to the gates. Sinon describes how Ulysses, otherwise known as Odysseus, hated him based on false rumors. When the Greeks were going to use him as sac- human sacrifice, he fled. The Trojans believe Sinon's fraudulent story. And that's the same as in the and in the Trojan War stories. Yes, so Sinon is duping them on behalf of the Greeks as well. Yeah, he's like a, he's like a spy slash actor who's pretending yeah. that he's like, oh, the Greeks are terrible, help me. Yes, uh, and but what he's doing is he's providing a false story for the wooden horse. Yeah. Priam, the king of Troy, unbinds Sinon and asks whether uh, he knows the purpose of the horse. Sinon says a horse is an offering from Minerva, who is Athena. Uh, and whose help the Greeks desperately needed. Uh, if if the horse enters Troy, Sinon says, the Greeks will lose the war. The Trojans, tired of ten years of war, rejoice at this news. Obviously, idiots. Because that's the big theme with this. Sinon, the liar, is like, oh, you shouldn't get rid of... You know, it's a gift to the, to the gods. You shouldn't... Oh, you shouldn't burn a gift to the gods, yeah, guys. Absolutely. That's like... You'll be, that's, you know, they won't look, and they're like, well, fair, like, it's from our enemies, but yeah. the gods are higher than that. And, and the gods are just about to double down on that notion. They're saying, if you don't, if you, yeah. Uh, um, so Lao Kuon, the, the priest, uh, slays a bull at the altar. Uh, but uh, he does it uh, at the temple uh, in Troy as well. Uh, but, uh, so he's, he's trying to say, oh, this horse is bad news. And he, uh, him and his children on the beach. But then, two monstrous red-crested sea serpents swim towards the shore. They strangle Lao Kuon and his two sons and then constrict around Lao Kuon, who fails to dislodge them. Uh, the terrified Trojans interpret this as punishment for Lao Kuon damaging the horse with a spear. And immediately, they bring the horse into the city. Uh, that happened in the other story too. The yes. guy on the beach had a different name, but he. No, I think it's like. Was it like, on? Yeah, yeah, he got like killed from the serpent. Yeah, and everyone on the beach witnessing that was probably like, "Well, I guess we'll keep the horse then." That yeah. was. Uh... <laughs> what I like the most is like, "Help me, my sons!" No, it's like, well, "Let's get the horse in." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and they actually damage the city walls. They break it down to let the horse in. Yeah, because it's too tall for the yeah, gates. Yeah. yeah, but then. Then, the Trojan seer Cassandra tries to alert the Trojans to their impending doom, but the Trojans don't listen to her, celebrating the horse and throwing a big party. What is Cassandra's curse? Uh, it's that uh, Apollo put a curse on her that she, she can see the future, but no one believes no her. No one believes her, even though it's the truth. Yes. That's actually horrendous. Yeah. You're like, don't do it! And they're like, shut up. Yeah, and yeah, it'd be quite tiring. Shut up, Meg. She's like the Meg Griffin of, yeah, uh, of the Greek. That's yeah, good, yeah. During the party, Sinon, hidden by fate, opens the horse, releasing Ulysses and the other Greek warriors. Meanwhile, the Greek fleet returns from the Trojan shores, about to do an ambush attack. What happens next? The bloody ghost of Hector, who had been murdered by Achilles previously, yes, a great deceased Trojan warrior, appears to Aeneas in a dream and warns Aeneas of a fire and the enemy within the city. So Aeneas- Troy cannot be saved, Hector says, and Aeneas should take the household gods and find a new home. Aeneas wakes, hearing screaming and sounds of fighting in the streets. Hector was right. The Greeks are inside and the city burns. On the street, Aeneas meets Panthus, a seer who has given up hope for Troy. Aeneas, in a panicked rage about the battle, neglects Hector's advice and joins the fight. So we've got a first-hand account from Aeneas because he's obviously a Trojan. He's in Troy. Yeah. And what we don't see with the other time is like the battle within the end as well. We see what happens. Well, about to see what happens with Priam, but like it's because uh, we've only seen it from the Greeks' point of view. Yes. which is all like 
We got out of the horse and everyone killed everyone. It was great. But we've seen the person who wasn't at the battle. He was at his home, just sleeping away. He's a normal guy. And Hector's like, yo, dude, help me out. And he's woken up to find that his... Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, and Hector, um, obviously Hector was well-loved uh, by the Trojans. And Aeneas has a fondness to, uh, I think it's Andromache, who is uh, Hector's wife as well. So we, Aeneas is like, he's like the fugitive leader as well. He wants to help as many people get away. So... What happens? A band of Trojans, led by Aeneas, slay a group of Greeks and disguise themselves in the Greek armour. They kill many Greeks. But then the Trojans, not recognising them, fire on them, and many die, including Panthers. Ah. The Greeks begin to attack the royal palace, and Aeneas rallies the Trojan troops against them. Well, my favourite part about that was Panthers died, and you're like, oh, it's like you've known him for two seconds. He's got a good name, isn't he? Panthers is a solid name, by the way. Panthers. My name, my son, Panthers. Panthers Rose. <laughs> That's a solid name. Oh, he's gonna get bullied so much. Panthers. Pan- no, I don't like Panthers. It's a solid name. Because it just like sounds a panther. like. No, it sounds like pants. No, it doesn't. It sounds like a pantharis. A panther. Panthers. No, I think it sounds like he's got like you know um that dragon is that oh hi I'm Panthers. Oh, what was the dragon called? Who is it? Oh no, one remembers. <laughs> Aeneas then describes Pyrrhus, the Greek warrior and son of Achilles, and says he was like a snake that hid and grew huge in the winter and now reveals itself. Pyrrhus and his comrades break into the palace like an overflowing river. Nice. In the palace sits Priam, the aged king, who had put on his rusty armour and bravely attempted to fight, even though Hecuba, his wife, begged him to stay with her in safety. Pyrrhus kills Polites. One of the Priam's sons. Oh, uh, but this part's really important. So Never heard of him before. Polites. Polites? I thought Paris and Hector were the only sons of... Pr- no, uh, there's loads of sons and daughters of, of uh, Priam as well. There's oh, okay. lo- loads. Uh, uh, yeah, Polites is like the small boy, and what he does is that... Um, He's so, the younger son. Yeah, and uh, they're all trying to hide for their life, and uh, and basically there's like a part of the gr- grounds which, which is sacred, right? And... Uh, Pyrrhus, this brutal warrior, uh, finds this boy called Polite and just like slices his throat open and uh, basically drags his entrails all around and stuff like that. He's Pyrrhus, he's strong like Achilles, but he has no like moral mar- compass. Yeah, like Achilles he, did. Yeah. Well, well, moral. Achilles wasn't a good guy, but he knew where to draw the line. If you know what I mean. Yeah. A bit more, he, not quite. But Pyrrhus is like. Like well, Achilles was like a tortured soul. He was like, didn't want to be a fighter, but he was just so good at it. Yeah. Like, he, and he felt like it was his destiny, even though he wasn't that into it. It's like me with podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so good at it, but by God, I don't get the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh... Despite being in mortal danger, Priam rebukes Pyrrhus for killing his son, and despite his weakness, throws his spear at Pyrrhus. Pyrrhus mercilessly kills Priam, telling him to complain to Achilles in the underworld about his bad behaviour. But it's worse than that, because what happens? Uh, so, he's killed his young son, spread his entrails all over in front of him, and Priam's like, I'm not having this. Throws a spear, he's old and terrible at throwing spears, what, misses probably completely. What uh, Pyrrhus does, uh, he grabs him by the hair, all of his family are watching, and also Aeneas is watching as well but he doesn't do anything he's just like I'm going to witness this to tell it I've been a dinner boy one day and so he grabs Priam by the, the king of Troy by his hair and drags him through his son's blood and all the entrails and stuff like that brings him up by his hair and goes look at the city of your burning it's the last thing you see I think he scalps his head and slits his throat uh, so uh, yeah very grim he was a douche isn't he yeah well I've mentioned this five million times but the term Pyrrhic victory comes from this, so it's a victory, but like not, not, a, mor- not a moral victory. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the Iraq War. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a new territory I didn't think we were going to go to. Like, like, wow, you, you, you took like I didn't know we were going to go for anti blasting Okay, fair enough. Get, you know, I can get behind that. At least it's not racist. Do you want me to say something racist? Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that wasn't a... Yeah. You say something racist, I'll edit it out. No, you won't. Uh, Pyrrhus mercilessly <laughs> kills Priam, telling him to complain to Achilles in the underworld about his bad behaviour. Aeneas, horrified, fears for the safety of his own father, wife, and son. So, let's bear this in mind. One second, right? Uh, so, Aeneas... Uh, bear in mind, Hector said to him, Troy is lost. Go and take people out of the city. And he's like... 
I think I might try and beat them all. You know? <laughs> uh, so he does that, right? Uh, and then uh, a debt uh, only after he's witnessed his ki- uh, king die and killing all his men, he's like, "Do you know who I should check on? My family." <laughs> It's like he'd left the house as well, saying, and he is just stupid. Freak. He just jumped out of bed, got his armor on, and yeah, went into the fight. Yeah, he genuinely did that as well. Uh, what an idiot. What happened, Matt, afterwards? <laughs> Returning to his house, Aeneas sees Helen of Troy. Now, who's Ooh. Helen? She's the one who started this whole bloody thing when she ran off with Paris. Well, she was abducted, but. Yeah. Tomato, tomato at this point. Um, the woman whose beauty started the war. Aeneas envies her fortune and longs to vengefully kill her when Venus, his mother, appears, reminding Aeneas to focus on his love for his family. Why didn't she appear an hour ago? Because Hector already did that and he didn't listen to it. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, Hector, did you you tell Aeneas? He's like, yeah, but he didn't listen to me. He's like, fine, I'll do it. Um, So... Uh, she gives him a glimpse of the flight of the gods perspective. So he's there about to murder Helen and what she does is she wipes away the skyline and she sees all the gods fighting each other for the Troy as well. And so it shows that it's more than just mortal men as well. And this is a very important image. Uh, so she shows how Juno and Jupiter are on the Greek side and encourages him to depart. When Aeneas tells his father Anchises of his plans... Uh, to leave for tr- uh, to leave Troy, and Cases, an old man, firmly sp- responds that he wants to stay in Troy to die, and the younger people can flee. Aeneas begs him to desperately reconsider, and then arms himself again, and he says, essentially, uh, he's not going to leave his father helpless, so he's going to stay there with his dad, which is not a good idea. No. Bear in mind, he has a wife called Prusa. Crusa uh, tells Aeneas that she would die uh, with him, but he should protect Ascanius. Uh, however, uh, essentially, uh, Anchises is like, I'm not going to leave until um, unless a, a miracle happens, okay? I'm not going to go. Stop reading ahead. <laughs> I'm trying to tell a story, Dad. So, uh, so essentially, um, a harmless flame-like light illuminates Ascanius's hair, uh, and Cassius interprets this as a sign from Jupiter, which is then further confirmed by a shooting star flying across the sky. Uh, and Cassius uh, thinks this is a very pious message, saying, "Yes, I will go. I will leave." Uh, thing. It's a message from the gods saying, "Go on." Um, however, this is important because this uh, this links directly to. Um, um, uh, Rome. This is a Roman message because I think it was on the day that um, I, think, I think it's called a Julian star. Basically, uh, that's a red comet shooting through Rome, and they called it a Julian star. And uh, it's supposed to be like a message from the gods, essentially. So what they're saying there, it's the same star shooting across. Okay, yeah. from the, so it's a link to Monday Rome. Well, it's a contemporary Rome. God, I'm f- oh, Matt Smith Connor, Miss Connor. Was that interesting? It was interesting. Yeah, I think. Why don't the BBC get in touch and I'll do a documentary for you? I won't have to do free podcasts anymore. If Dan, if you work for the BBC, would you give me like a commission? Yes. And would it be a demoralising one or it should be all my hopes and dreams? It'd be kind of 50-50. Oh, okay. Good stuff. <laughs> give, give me an example. like. Um, I'll pay you a million pound a year. Ooh. But uh, it's in your contract that you can't speak to anyone outside of work. Oh, I do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's like my dream job. <laughs> so, uh, and Caius changes his mind, and the family uh, family hastens to depart. A little bit, little bit not okay that he just leaves his family. He's like, no, oh, I'm just going to stay here. And then he seeks a shooting shoot star, which could be artillery fire, or whatever. He's like, yeah, I'll just go then. Yeah. Uh, Aeneas carries Anchises on his back with Ascanius by his side on his hand, and Cruz is just hanging behind. <laughs> if that's not patriarchy, I don't know what it is. In the confusion of fleeing, Aeneas loses his wife, Carusa, leaving Anchises and Ascanius hidden safely uh, at the walls of Troy, uh, uh, with a bunch of other survivors as well. Aeneas seeks Carusa back in the ravaged city, but finds only her ghost. The ghost comforts him, saying the gods have ordained it all, and that, after years of exile, he will marry a royal in Italy. She tells him not to mourn, and he tries to vainly embarrass her three times. 
but missing every time. <laughs> I did enact that out as well. Yeah, I'm a good actor. Yeah. Uh, he returns to his father, son, and the surviving Trojans. So his wife went missing and she's dead. Yeah, essentially, he was carrying his son and uh, his dad on his back uh, and basically forgot his wife. And then turned around and realised, oh shit, she's gone missing. It's like, oh god, gone shoe shopping again. <laughs> and then he goes back and he's like, oh yeah, I'm dead. And he goes, Ooh. And she, she says, oh, you're going to marry a royal one day. And uh, I think, to us, as Cruz is very nice about this, but I would definitely be quite passive aggressive. Like, yeah, oh, thanks for leaving me behind. Yeah, cheers, mate. I'm dead now. Yeah, hope you enjoyed raising our son by yourself because <laughs> you're not getting married to anyone else. If, all right, that's, that's a good question. If you had a partner, uh, and you died. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, what? And you're a ghost, and but you can only have like like a couple of sentences to, to like say the final things. What things would you say? To um, them. Thank you for all the good times. Don't ever love anyone else again. <laughs> would you actually do that? Probably, yeah. No, I'm actually no. Do you know what? I actually all for fun with someone, and I, 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 you know, died. I would hope that they would um, go on and have a good time. Would what, what? What if the person you married? You had died, but you can still see stuff from heaven or yeah. whatever, or purgatory. Uh, the person marries you. Yes. Uh, what would you would you be okay with that? Kind of actually, because I guess at least I know they're in, in the good hands. Uh, it worried me that that had happened whilst I was still with them. Uh, yeah, because uh, <laughs> but the thing is, I would always call them Dan. I'd be like, oh hey, uh, but during like lovemaking, be like, oh Dan, spank me. You know what I mean? Like, is that weird? Why would you call them Dan? Well, can you put two and two together? Uh, but no, I um, I, would it be weird if I wore a mask of you for, around the house and pretending to live on your life? Yeah, that's weird. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think you're enabling me now. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's Grand Rankless Myth. Hey there, my name's Matt Huss, and in this link I have an American accent, and I advocate the safe use of Myths Podcasts. In small doses. Dan, what do you think of the Aeneid so far? I'm actually enjoying it a lot more than the Odyssey. Seems to get a lot more to the point. Yeah, right. It's quite succinct, isn't it? And I think that it will stay like that for the rest yeah. of the episodes. There's quite a lot of content in it, in all fairness. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we rank this uh, as ever um, out of 40. But we do each individual episode uh, out of 40. This is book two. And we are... You know, I've been taking... Obviously, I'm writing down little notes as we do this. And both times I've spelled Aeneid wrong. <laughs> How you spell it? A N E I D. It's got an E in it, isn't it? Yep. A We spell it out in the first episode. I know. So we mark it on four categories. First of which being life skills, which is the practical things we've learnt. What's what practical things we've learnt, Dan? Uh, we learn. Oh, let me think chronologically. Did you, uh, did oh, we learned. We taking notes, Dan. We learned how to throw a spear at a wooden horse. Yep, we learned how to be strangled by a sea monster. Yeah, we learned how to not listen to someone. Um, we also learned not how learned to not how listen to be, someone. We learned how to be a liar from Sinon. Yeah. Sorry, I did. A, sorry, I did a good joke then. But uh, so, what did you say? What, what you said? Uh, sorry, I'm really going to pull the fun out of it here. But uh, you said uh, we learned how to not listen to someone. And I said, I've learned how to not to listen to someone because I wasn't listening to you. To not worth going back for. Okay. <laughs> you don't appreciate my genius. No, I really don't. <laughs> Wait till the reviewers come in from Edinburgh and then we'll see how... Do you reckon they're going to slate me in Edinburgh? I'm one of the reviewers. Oh my God. How many stars would you give my show? From Well, I saw it ages ago. Yeah, but it's better now. Give it a solid three. Three stars? Yeah. Would have been a two if that speaker hadn't made that hilarious. <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to say that. And you know that gets to my skin. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if, if, sorry, if you don't know what you're talking about, don't research the podcast because I don't want you to know. Um, it's not that bad. Uh, um, but I did kill a man in Russia once. But um, we also learned um, how to entertain people at a dinner party. Yeah. Uh, we also learned how to be good at warfare. Yeah. Also we learned how to not listen to a dream. We learned how to destroy a wall. Yeah. We also learned to... How to kill little children. To watch people kill people. Yeah. We also learned um, how to see gods in the middle of a fight. We learned how to kill a lot. We also learned how to throw a spear badly. We learned how to disguise ourselves. We also learned... In Greek art. That's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, We also learned... How we learned how to overthrow a palace. We also learned how to leave parents behind. We learned how to leave parents behind. Spot signs. We learned how to talk to ghosts. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also learned um, 
That's a good one actually, yeah, how to read Greek signs. Quite a lot here. Is yeah. Chock full. There's yeah. murder, there's escape, there's uh, like uh, uh, crafting. Yeah. Uh, we're building a horse. Yeah. I would say a solid eight. I also was going to get eight. Is it nine maybe? No, it's an eight. <laughs> uh, okay, morals. Don't murder people. Don't leave your wife behind. Don't leave your wife behind. Listen to prophecies. Sometimes you can't get rid of fate. Like, uh, you look at the gods who do stuff as well. You can't yeah. stop that. Yeah. Things happen for a reason. Yeah. Um, don't Yeah. Don't be pyrrhic and like, kill people gratuitously. Don't kill people's sons and sacred grounds. Uh, and also, I think it's quite a cheap trick of the Greeks murdering them like that. But clever, clever war, I guess. But it's not noble. I guess it's this is more WTF, but not listen, Aeneas not listening to Hector, and uh, and Kaisi's not listening to Aeneas when they both come to that realization. If you know what I mean, and I think yeah, uh, I think listen. I guess not a lot. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't work out if we're learning stuff or not. I can't work out if they're morals that are just kind of hidden within. I don't think it's crazy. I think it's down the middle. Yeah, I'm tempted to give it a five. Yeah, five's good for me. Oof. Done. Creativity. Take us through it. Pretty creative. Thank you. Uh, it's good to see it from another's point of view. Yeah, I think that's the biggest part of it. It's coming from a different angle, if you know what I mean. It's a different interpretation of it. Um, we also see these characters come back into play, like Cassandra. Yeah. Ach- oh, not Achilles, but Pyrrhus, and the Sinon, uh, Valkuon. Um but technically, these have separations have been done before. Technically. But we also yeah. see the gods in the sky. Yeah, there are different like, variations to it. Like the we ghost of him, the Hector, seeing Hector. We see him, Helen. Him going, yeah, Helen. Him going back for his wife. Uh, we also see, uh, yeah, um, and also in- introducing people like Kaisis and uh, Scanigus, and uh, we've seen more like character as well. Uh, and also, like people aren't just fleeing for their lives; they are measured responses as well and also they're fighting and they're trying to kill and stuff like that there's a different perspective to it and on top of that um, yeah so ghosts gods murder it's got quite a lot as but it feels a little bit emptier I'm not sure why what do you think I think maybe 8 or 7 I think <sighs> there's something missing yeah I think a 7 because I think it's missing a more action yeah I think a 7 Less, oh, it's missing monsters, I think. Yeah, most monsters, apart from the sea serpents, there wasn't really much. Yeah, actually, oh, that's a good point. Sea serpents. Is it an eight? Were, yeah, there were sea serpents, to be fair. Eight. Okay, now we've got WTF. I kind of love how our, our marking system is so vibe based. Imagine yeah. if we were marked examples. Like, yeah, he's tried. He's, he's tried. It's okay. WTF? The entrails thing's pretty messed up. How yeah. he kills. Pyrrhus and Pyrrhus, Pyrrhus, yeah. yeah, and Pol- uh, Him forgetting his wife, going back for her and finding she's dead. <laughs> but after. Yeah, but also, fine, like, only thinking about his family after watching Prem die as well. It's like, yeah. maybe start with Yeah, that's a bit messed up. Like, he stood there in the palace, he's watched this young boy get murdered, and then uh, Priam gets his head cut off, and that was when Aeneas was like, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm yeah. Gonna... <laughs> Skedaddle. Skedaddle. I just realised what kind of war this is, and I am not into this also, at all. He could have killed Pyrrhus at any point as well, but he was just like... Like, like Willow Corn just watched it. Like, yeah, because nah. yeah, he can handle himself on the battlefield, can't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, he's not... The thing is with Nias, he's not the best warrior in the world. He's just... He's a thinker, strategist. Kind of, yeah. Um, but he's not as cunning as Odysseus, nor is he... And Nias has a slight blank slate a little bit, because he kind of has to be, if you know what I mean. He doesn't have as much of a personality, because he, he's directly linked to Augustus. Um, the... Virgil have to be quite careful about that, yeah. if you know what I mean? So he's very pious and very... That's why he's very good at building, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, d- murder on the straws, killing kids, um, like micro and dying. I guess, yeah, leaving your wife behind for it. And seeing a ghost, that's pretty messed up. Yeah. Also, your dad not leaving until he sees a thunderbolt in the sky. That's pretty... Uh, yeah. He's having a mental breakdown. N- nothing gratuitous... Five. Maybe a six. Maybe a six because the the entrail stuff's pretty messed up. Yeah, but is it five for six? I've gone six. Let's go for six. So tell it, take us through. Eight for life skills, five for morals, eight for creativity, and six for WTF. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Yeah. I've been working on my mental last. That's very good. It's good, isn't it? I mean, 
If I was a primary school person, yeah. <laughs> Damn, I enjoyed that. It's, I think it's quite good so far. I think I'm, I have enjoyed it, yeah. It's more yeah. snappy to the point. Yeah. It's just, uh, the Odyssey kind of went off on tangents sometimes, and I was like, well, oh, could have done without this. Yeah, but I think it's... There's a, a lot to cover, though. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the Indian so far. Uh, if you have any questions about the Indian, do email us at mythpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you have any Norse mythology suggestions, get those in. We're taking them like hotcakes at the moment. Thank you for all of those who have emailed in so far. Um, I mean, we're recording this in advance, so we haven't actually seen them yet. But hopefully you would. It does worry me that I can't even pronounce names in Greek mythology. What the hell am I going to do with all the, the Norse ones? Well, you usually just point at me and I will say them correctly anyway. Near Vidilla. Mjolna. That's one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, Dan, where can people find us online? Facebook and Twitter, at Miss Podcast. And how many, what should they do to say thank you? Give us five stars on iTunes, please. Or if they want to give us some of that dollar. Patreon, please. Or? Kofi, please. And where can they find that? On our Miss page. Yes. In f- why don't you join our Miss uh, fan club on uh, Facebook? It's Misfits Fan Club. Uh, just search for Misfits and Miss Podcasts. You'll find us. And I do silly little videos and stuff like every now and then. Like I was at Peter Services a couple of weeks ago. Did did a little uh, little uh, show live thing. Yeah. Live, live video. Uh, Probably looked like a crazy person, didn't you? Oh, I looked men. Oh my god! I, was, I took my video around. I was just talking about. Oh, look how great this is! It's great. And there's one guy in the video just like, it gave me like a, such a scornful yeah. look as well. It's like you are an unbeliever. Uh, you're you're the kind of guy that's going to spend fifty pounds in a gambling machine arcade. Gambling machine nailed that one. Uh, did. But yeah, um, and also well, they could email us. We were mentioned. Did they? My yeah. bad. Uh, but do come and see me at the end of Fringe. It's 1st of August and 25th of August. Uh, Dan's got the Fringe brochure there. Do you want to read out my blurb? I'll read it out, actually, yeah. Let me quickly find it. I can probably find it quite quickly. Just by sense. <laughs> and also, it's in alphabetical order as well. Just found it really quickly. That was actually really quick. Matt, we didn't do that, so... Matt is a hopeless romantic. Wait, read out the title. Matt Hoss. Here comes your man. 16 plus... Matt is a hopeless romantic, with hopeless being the operative word. This emotionally honest and hilarious debut show discusses romance, awkward sex, and heartwarming tales of falling in love. Oh, heartwarming tales of failing in love. See, it catches people up. See what you did there. Nice, yeah. Warm and endearingly funny. Narc magazine. That famous magazine that everyone reads. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Um, And where am I at? You are at the Candlemaker. The Candlemaker Row, which, uh, but what venue? Grass? Grass Market Centre. And it's Just the Tonic. Just the Tonic. Meeting room. I did that all backwards, didn't I? Yes, it is. Just the Tonic Meeting Room at the Grass Market Centre. Candlemaker Road. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, do come see me in Edinburgh. Oh, if you're not in Edinburgh and you do like me. Uh, <laughs> it's the 1st of August to the 25th of August. The only day you're not doing, 12th. It's Monday. It's £5, starts at 10 past 7, and it's one hour. Uh, one hour of quality, lightheartedness, and a little bit of serious. Or stuff. you can just pay what you want when you get there. Buy in advance, please, because <laughs> I'm stressing out. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Dan, um, oh, uh, okay. Why are these ones in red, five and six? Oh, it's two for one days. Oh, okay. Uh, but also, um, okay, how much would it be? How much, uh, if you were seeing it, pay what you want, because that's a valid thing. If you come and see the show, and afterwards you want to put money in the bucket... How much down would you put in, but not in pounds, but in Mexican pesos? Um, I would put 2.4 million <laughs> into the bucket. That could roughly create so If you find at the end of the day in the bucket you have a Mexican peso of coin or cash, yeah. you have to let me know. Listeners, listeners, listeners. All right, what are you going to do? Even if you... That's our way of knowing that they listen yeah, to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you do, you, um, you come up to me afterwards. If you, you're a fan of the podcast and you see the show, go, hey... I've got a Mexican peso with your name on it, okay? And if you ha- bring a Mexican peso, I will kiss you. Uh, Matt's also willing to, for, for every one Mexican peso, he'll give you a pound of his own money. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm not a bad currency. <laughs> Alright, no, 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 why would you... <laughs> oh dear. Actually, yeah, go on then. Um, bring me one peso, I'll give you a quid. That's an incredible deal for whoever's giving you the peso. I mean, only, I'm only going to do it one. What is one Mexican peso in pounds? Uh, that's a, actually that ask ask me what's a Mexican peso in pounds? I'd be like 
thanks for being a Mist fan. And um, yeah, be good. If you, <laughs> what a convoluted way to tell me that you enjoyed the podcast. And by the way, if you if you say that at the end of the fringe, after twenty five days of me being brain dead and just saying stuff for an hour, um, if you say, "Oh, I'm going to make some pizza with your name on it," I will probably not understand what you're saying. <laughs> But yeah, please say it anyway, it'd be good fun. Um, which I think more could would as well, like, if you think I'm better than Dan, what, what, what should you say, I'm a Matt fan, or... I just realised, are we still talking at the end of the <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, sorry. What yeah. did you say? I, just I was reading people's just... bios on the, I got distracted by the fringe thing. We're trying to do a podcast. Sorry, sorry, you know. I right, let's say goodbye confused. so Dan can read the fringe guide. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. What page am I on? Uh, page 145. Check it out. Bye. Myths. Myths. Dan, are you feeling depressed at the moment? I'm lying on the floor because I'm tired, but I think I am ready for episode 70-something. Two. 72. Uh, but this, this probably won't go in the podcast, but uh, Dan, uh, what what number episode uh, is, is, uh, is uh, Juno and her rivals? Two. How about that's an easy one? Uh, Tura Tartarus. Oh, 21. No, I think it's 16. Close. Tiresias? 17. 18. Fuck. Uh, how about episode 40? Anything past episode 20, forget it. Yeah! <laughs> it's a bit of a blur, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, really? It's okay. I don't need your help. Oh, oh you're so... Oh, you're so strong! Oh! Oh, a spinach I eat. And pussy. <laughs> whoa, whoa, okay. Spinachy pussy. Spinachy pussy. No, we've got a band. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go. If we're snappy, I'll be alright. It's when we, like, tail off and, like, talk for ages about something. I mean, that is the podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, when we're reading them.